Hello, Spokane. Welcome to another episode of Evil Real Talks. I'm Matt Side. I'm Jessica Side. And we're excited to be with you today yes, on indeed. Saturday, the 22nd of August. Uh, Can you believe that August is almost over? It is almost over. And always, it's very bitter. Not bittersweet, just bitter for me. I really just enjoy bitter. summer. I like having the kids home. Although this is, I mean, they've been home since what, February? March. <laughs> March, something like that. It's been a while, so it's been a yeah. long summer. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this summer, and I. It I, has uh, been a hot one. Holy lord! The last hot. week or so, my god, a hundred and two or whatever we it's had. It's amazing in the evening. I can lay out on the hammock, and it's like super warm, and I love it. I will say though, the other day, not when we had the huge, huge heat wave, mm-hmm. but I can tell when I get up in the morning, it's now darker than it usually is and the sun hasn't come up and it's kind of that coldish cool fall oh, feel interesting. so I he can, would know i would not because he gets up in an ungodly yeah, the sun is hour. always the sun is always up when you wake up that is i try well except for the winter time then it's not <laughs> but i just sleep into the same time just kind of every day i just kind of keep it very consistent. Consistency, that's important. It is important. Well, we've got some uh, real estate stuff for you today, but Jessica wants to start us off today with a little bit of history, oh, as yes. often she does. What, what, what are we going to learn today, Jess? Well, we are going to talk about uh, baseball. I, I decided this is usually the time of year when people and families are going to a Vista yeah, Stadium. What, how, what, and they're, what a, crap summer i mean my god we haven't even been able to play baseball or watch baseball i know and our family is very so for those of you who don't know our son played baseball since he was three yes and tiny little guy and this was his senior year and he was going to be on varsity and he'll be starting shortstop and second baseman so it's a rough it's a rough thing to lose all of that but it does mean that we've feel akin to baseball. I am in no way even close to an expert in this, but I thought it'd be kind of interesting to find out about the Spokane history of baseball. So that's where we're going to start. I'm so excited. so um, as the railroads started to move across the West, you had um, Midwest, Midwestern baseball promoter, Jones, Joan, let's try that again, John Sloan, See why I got the Joan. Joan Sloan. <laughs> um, John Sloan Barnes, he moved uh, to Spokane in 1890 to help establish the Pacific Northwest League. So this comprised clubs from Portland, Seattle, um, Spokane, and Tacoma. So 1,662 fans showed up for the Spokane's first professional game. What year was this? Uh, this, well, hold on. And... Even though they lost that game, their very first game, they actually went on to win the championship their very first year, which was in 1890. 1890. 1890. That was a long time ago. It was a really long time ago. Um, and what were they called? They were the Spokane. <laughs> Hold on. I just he's wanna... getting ahead of himself here. Hold on. In Asking 1890s, uh, professional baseball came to Spokane. They first played at Tickerham Park, which was. Uh, northwest of Boone and A Street. Okay, so northwest of Boone, Boone and, and A, A Street. Street. Okay. Yep. Okay, so this is in 1890. 1890. Then in 1901, the pros moved to Natatorium Park. I know you guys. I have to say this all the time, and I always forget Natatorium Parks Field, 
which was at the end of Boone along the Spokane River, and they picked up their new name, which was Spokane Indians, in 1903. But okay. there's some history behind the name, which I think is kind what? of interesting. More history around the history? So it was a spokesman review contest. So they okay. put out a contest and say, okay, we're going to name these guys. Um, and the winner was actually Spokane Inlanders, which is kind of perfect, right? The Spokane Inlanders. Was the winning name. Was the winning name, but the newspaper inexplicably changed the name to the Indians a few weeks later. So they did a contest. So they, the were, person, the inla- they were the Inlanders? Yes, for- they won the contest and they were like, nah, forget it. <laughs> All right, a, so. That was a dumb name. <laughs> here were the other names that you were asking about, okay? The Bunch Grassers. <laughs> in 1890. Come on, you bunch of grassers, get out there! <laughs> so that's what they started out as. The uh, blue, the Spokane Blue Stockings in 1901, and the Spokane Smoke Eaters in 1902. I don't have any history behind these names. I did not go into that. But if you could choose one of those names... <laughs> smoke Eaters. Which one would you choose? Uh, of the three. Oh, man. <laughs> of those three? Yeah. I'd probably have to go with the blue stockings, yeah. hoping that they would end up being the blue socks, but... Yeah, which which they all did, right? Because they were all They stockings. were all stockings yeah. until we started calling them socks. That's right. The all bunch, right. I don't know, bunch grassers. Is bunch grassers. For, for a that's bush right. league. Go on, you bunch grassers, get out there. <laughs> that's perfect. So in 1905, uh, new ownership moved them to a new field called Recreation Park which is near Regal and Boone on, in East Spokane, which was just a few blocks away from the Spokane Interstate Fairgrounds. Um, and this, so this, the fairgrounds, which you know I'm going to do something about the fairgrounds at some point real soon. Yes, uh, we That opened Because the fair is going to usually not That's gonna, right. It's it gonna usually be, comes that's up right. in yep. September. That's right. So in, that was in 1901. So Recreation Park was the first ballpark in Spokane to have a grass infield and an outfield fences at 400 feet, which then limited the home runs that we had. Baseball's popularity boomed, and the grandstands at Recreation Field were expanded to 7,000 seats. Now, between 1921 and 1936, the interest in baseball waned in Spokane, and so we had no professional team for 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then in 1937, the Indians resumed play at Ferris Field, which I was like, where is Ferris Field? I actually had no idea, and I looked that up, and that was um, west of where Playfair was. Playfair, for those of you who don't know, was a racetrack that we had here in Spokane, which is also in the same basic area that we're talking East Spokane. Um, now, this is this was a shocking one for me, but in 1946, the team uh, crashed, their bus crashed, in Snoqualmie Pass, and nine of the the team members were killed. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, In 1958, the Indians began to play at their current home, so they have been at Avista Stadium since 1958, and it could hold 9,000 fans and has one, uh, let's see, and has one field of the, wait, 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 hold on. It can hold 9,000 fans and has one field of the 16, of year 16 and year 8. What in the world is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I don't know, but it has 9,000 fans. Go, you bushgrassers. Come on, get out there. <laughs> so what Go I'm trying you to say is that they, oh, I know what they're saying. Out of the last 18 years, 16 of those, they've won the National Minor League Baseball Honor. It's because they're bushgrassers. Woo. Okay. Holy moly. I know, it's tough. 
1970s, arguably the greatest team in minor league history. They win the Pacific Coast League as the Dodgers Farm Club. And was this when Tommy Lasorda was their manager? That is correct. And Steve Garvey and Charlie uh, Howe, I believe is how you say his name, were players. So, um, and then just kind of moving into modern times in, in uh, 2006, uh, they worked with the Spokane tribe to redesign <coughs> the logo. Yeah, it's really cool. In, in Salish and in 2014, released the jerseys with the Salish logos on them, becoming the very first professional sports team to feature non-English characters on an official uniform. That's cool. Yeah, I love it. It's really awesome. Um, and in 2012, the, the the Indians are the Northwest were the Northwest League's uh, Class A short season team affiliated with the Texas Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball's complicated. We've had a lot of we've had a lot of people. I looked through the list of all the people that have gone on to play in the major leagues, and there's a ton of them. My son kind of picked out ones that he thought were really cool. The one that he did get a, a signature <coughs> from, and he is accusing me of throwing the signature away, which is possible, is uh, Jerickson Profar. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, wasn't he a shortstop? I think so. Yeah. I don't He know. played for Texas, so we saw him... Uh, Here in Spokane, and my well, son yeah, met him. Well, yeah, but we saw him again play the Mariners when yeah. he was playing in the in the show. That's right. Big so, show. that is my <laughs> short history of wow. Spokane baseball. Kind of interesting, it's I think. It's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. Bushgrassers. That's gonna... <laughs> you know what? I'm changing my vote. Get out there, you bushgrassers! No, it's not bush. It's bunch. <laughs> it's bunchgrassers, which is even worse. Come on, you bunchgrassers! <laughs> Next time we're at an Indians game, you should just yell that the whole go time. bunchgrassers! I think it'll go over really, All really right. well. All right. I'm sure everybody's like, is he going to keep talking about bunchgrassers this <laughs> whole time? I don't know. It might come up again. Do we have a featured house, though, don't we? We do. Yeah, let's talk about it real quick. So... Uh, our featured house today is 2122 North Point, sorry, Northport Flat Creek Road. Mm, that's a, that's a, quite a mouthful. That is in Kettle Falls. It's right on Lake Roosevelt. Now, we've talked about Lake Roosevelt before. Super long. Lots of houses that say they're on um, Lake Roosevelt have a view of Lake Roosevelt. This is a very unique property in that it is on Lake Roosevelt, you can moor your boat right there. So there's a, there is a boat launch about one mile away. Get your boat in there, bring it back up, and you can actually pull it like right up onto the That's beach. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. Lake Roosevelt is so huge that mm-hmm. if the boat launch isn't very close, it could take you hours to get your boat from <laughs> launching to where right. you're going to dock it. Yeah, so this is pretty fantastic. So that's the, the um, boat launch is called Snag, Co- Snag Cove. And uh, the house itself is four bedroom, two bath. It's on 1.9 acres. You cannot put a dock there um, because it is uh, public, not public land. Yeah, it's it's owned by the state. Sure. So, um, which is actually kind of great because no one's ever going to build in front of you either, um, because it's that kind of that strip is sure. theirs. Uh, the house they're they're selling it with two jet skis, a 12 foot aluminum uh, fishing boat. All the furniture, almost all the furniture is staying, including the patio furniture, and it's uh, $559,000. Definitely, if you're interested in that, go to our Facebook page. We'll have it featured there. 
Um, that's, yeah, we'll probably have some good drone video footage. Oh, we have some great really, drone footage. Uh, I just saw it today. It's pretty fantastic. So definitely go check that out. Um, you can give us a call if you'd like to go see it. That's 509-62-HOUSE or uh, face, our Facebook. All you have to do is look up Everreal, which is E-V-O-R-E-A-L. All right. Now, there Matt, we go. I know we've, we're wanting to get into economics a little bit a today. A little bit. Well, a little bit, a lot. Here's, here's my... Oh, I want to, I'm going to talk about numbers okay. and then I want to give like not even a high level overview of the economy. I think if you're not hiding under a rock, you know, it's kind of a crap storm out there. Right. I mean, the reality is, is that, it, that we're in a tough spot. So mm-hmm. I want to give some quick context and then I want to bring it around to like, what does this mean? I think what happens when you talk about the current state of the economy in yeah. August 2020, the question is, well, okay, so what can I do about it? And why do I, like, what, not why do I care? Because I know it's not good, but mm-hmm. what does this mean? And right. so that's kind of, what does it kinda, mean for me? Yeah, what can I do <laughs> yeah. to kind of plow through this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have zero intention of being like chicken little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. It's more about like, okay, let's just have a reality check of where mm-hmm. we're at, where we're likely to be going. Yeah. And then depending on if you're a seller, a buyer, or an investor, your approach is likely to be different. So that's kind of where I want to go. I think it's good. It's a little... So for those of you who have kids, they might be playing Fortnite these days. And one of the things in Fortnite is the kids, they get in a plane... It's a bus. It's a bus, but it's a bus that flies. And they jump out onto this island and they can try to choose where they want to go. And what they do is there is a storm (coughs) around the whole island and it keeps closing in and it keeps closing in. So when you say we're kind of in the middle of a, you use the term crap storm, (laughs) um, I feel like we're on like... That storm is maybe slowly but surely closing in on us. I, and a I think bit. that that is absolutely the reality of where we are mm-hmm. right now. Is we have as a as a nation, we have pushed everything out, and mm-hmm. so you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. I mean, that's not even the point of this conversation. Right. The reality is, is that the consequences have not. Right, we are not come. in the storm yet. We're just. We're just kind of like trying to keep right ahead of the storm. So so let's talk about this week in Spokane's okay. real estate. So residential, single family condo on one acre or less. That's the filter I use and I don't put any other filters in. So when people are questioning like, well, I saw different numbers. Right. I mean, you can run the numbers a million different ways. Sure. But active listings uh, as of this moment in time, 593. Our average per month over the last year is 700. So we're at 0.84. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't do numbers last week, but we were at 0.82 last okay. week. So a, it's a little bit fewer on the active mm-hmm. numbers last week. Um, our active price range, 26000 to $2.9 million, uh, which was interesting to me because last week there was a $4.25 million property on the... MLS. So we don't know so if it, do you know if it sold or if it just went take off the, the market? Time. I'm sure it's under contract is what I think. Maybe, maybe so. Probably didn't fall off. Um, all right, so pending listings this week, uh, sorry, 1,546. So that is up. So two weeks ago it was 1,488. Last week it was 1,505. This week 1,546. Okay. So the volume of stuff that is actually selling. Mm-hmm. Getting um, under contract. Is, is getting under contract and mm-hmm. even selling because sold numbers went up by a hundred from week over week for the okay. past six months. Okay. So a six month rolling, uh, median active 
list price. Uh, let's see where I have that, 377,500. So that's a couple thousand more than it was last week. But the median sold price stayed the same, 290,000. Okay. So our median sold price has kind of bounced a little bit. It's, it's basically 300,000 or a little under 300,000. And it's kind of been there for most of the year so far. Okay. So those are our numbers. Uh, so let's, okay, so let's shift gears now into that which is ahead of us. And I've used this phrase several times when talking to people this week. Mm -hmm. And the phrase is, winter is coming. <laughs> yeah. And I think that whether you watched Game of Thrones or not, you get the idea of what that was all about, mm -hmm. was there is this impending winter that is out there that is on its way. And the interesting thing, even in the... TV series is that nobody really knew when it was coming. Mm -hmm. Like it's not coming. Was it coming in a month? Was it coming in a year? Was it coming in a decade? And so I think that's the challenge when you're in this moment of wondering, well, maybe we dodged a bullet, but mm -hmm. I, I, you know, again, not trying to be the doomsday sayer, right. but I think the reality is if you ask anybody that has any economic perspective, winter is coming in some way or another. So let's just basic economic outlook and overview. Mm -hmm. So in the last week, uh, jobs had a small blip up last week, not the, not our current week that we're in, but the mm -hmm. week prior. So we dipped below $900,000 or nine hundred. We're talking national numbers. Yeah, here. national numbers right okay. now. Okay. Um, as a nation, we finally dipped below a million new unemployment claims for the first time in 20 weeks, I think it was. Okay. Uh, today, or, or not or Thursday, so we're recording this on a Thursday, Today, it went up to 1.1 million. So week over week, we had a 200,000 more that were filed. So, so we, we kind of regressed a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, restaurant reservations went down slightly week over week. So that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Retail foot traffic deteriorated slightly week over week. Projected economic growth went down week over week. So mm -hmm. things aren't good, as we said at the beginning, right? And I don't think anybody's arguing that that's the case. And of course, the economists are trying to figure out what shape or letter they can identify this thing with. Here's here's the newest one. Okay. So we had. So hold on. <laughs> Jessica's always like, what? Why are, are we talking, talking about? about letters? How about an A? Give me an A. Well, they no. might have said an A, but. <laughs> so we've had V. Which is like, so it's literally saying the economy went way down and then. Well, went shoot right back up. Wait, way back up. So. If it, the idea is, if you're looking at a graph, right yes. of. Yes. Down and up. Yes. And then there's the U, which is down really hard, and then it kind of slows and plateaus, and then it slowly starts moving up, and then it shoots back up. Right. And then square root was one that we saw, That's where it kind right. of comes down up a little bit and then flattens. Mm -hmm. uh, the newest letter that we're using out there is a K. What? How do you even use a K? That doesn't. Right? Something goes what up and K something goes down. Sign language. Exactly. You actually got it. I had to like stare at it and like read and I'm interpret so it. I'm so good, baby. The reality being that some <laughs> industries are going to see upward momentum like the top of that K sure. and others are going to see the down. Like, right? Like restaurants are going down, but RVs are going up. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody wants an RV everybody or a teardrop uh, trailer. Sorry. So <laughs> man manufacturing is probably the better okay. like that industry has recovered most quickly. Those type of things. Gotcha. Okay. So let's get off of the the economics of this whole, like, okay. I, I don't want to spend any more time there because okay. I think that again, 
I mean, we can kind of try and dissect, or people that are way smarter than me can try and dissect that, and nobody really smarter knows than all. you. Ah, well, how is it possible, honey? How is it possible? Oh, he likes Aww. that. <laughs> so again, my goal is for us to not just throw our hands up in the air and say, "Well, it's okay, getting bad. Sure, there's nothing I can do about it, so screw the whole thing." But I think it's also really important to not just have this like, well, I'm just not going to read the news anymore and I'm not going to have, I'm just going to think positive thoughts. Okay. I don't disagree that we cannot exist in the negative, depressing, but I think there comes a moment where you have to put on reality glasses and say, okay, well, where are we and what's going on? And so I want to take a look at uh, the Census Bureau started in May, started to take a survey of consumers and they had five basic questions that they asked uh, consumers and I want to touch I want to really quick touch on those and then I want to focus in on the one on housing so basically the question was you know what percentage of people lost um, had a loss of employment income since March right Uh, the next one was what percentage of people that they were surveying expect to lose employment income the next four weeks because of the coronavirus Mm -hmm. pandemic Uh, the next be after that, uh, suffered food scarcity because of the coronavirus, delayed their medical care because of the coronavirus was the fourth one. And then the fifth one was, um, are you experiencing housing insecurity because of the coronavirus? And that mean, that meaning that they're not confident that they can make their uh, rent or mortgage payment on time if they're housing insecure. Okay. So um, I'm not going to go through all these percentages. If mm-hmm. you want to know those percentages, I will give them to you. You can call me or email me or text me or however you want to get a hold of me. What I want to focus on is the housing piece of it. Because up until this point, mm-hmm. housing has been this beacon on a hill and a bright shining light in our economy. And it's everybody's, especially if you own a home, mm-hmm. everybody's excited about it and the market's awesome and that's what you hear. Yes. But the statistics came back and this is the week of 726. So July 26, a couple weeks ago, because mm-hmm. there are delayed results that come out. 20.2% of people in Washington were housing insecure, mm. saying that they did not feel like they were going to be able to make a rent payment or a mortgage payment. Twenty percent is a time. very 20, it's large, a freaking huge number, huge number. The best since May was twelve and a half percent. Like it, at any time during May, twelve and a half percent of people felt like they could make their next mortgage payment. And I will say this: that twenty point two percent number was coming out. The week before everybody's $600 a week was disappearing. So that has to play into it. Yeah. Um, And so 20%. So what does this mean? That's that's what I want to focus on is the housing insecurity number and what it means to us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to say, to really look at this and say, okay, if this is a Washington state statistic, uh, and I will say this, that Idaho, for those of you that think that because we're close to Idaho, it's different. Idaho's number was 23.5. So in Idaho, they have a higher percentage of people that feel like they cannot make their next mortgage payment wow. than in, in Which Washington. Which is kind of surprising because <clears throat> when you look at Idaho, they seem to be you know doing so much better than a lot of other states as far as COVID goes, right? So you'd think that there would be more security there because they've been able to keep more things open. Yeah. Um, but so I just again I'm this is Matt's reality check. Okay. So if 20% of Spokane County uh, households can't make their mortgage payment, mm-hmm. that's a serious problem. Sure. I don't think that that will be the case. I mean I think that people will figure it out on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I, and I think it's also really important to note that I'm not saying right now that this is all going to turn into foreclosure because sure. I did the math. If you bought a $300,000 house a year ago and you only put 3% down and you missed six of your mortgage payments, assuming a pretty reasonable mortgage interest rate, okay, you would still, based on the appreciation that Spokane has had, mm-hmm. you would still more than likely with all your selling costs be able to get out of that deal and maybe sure. even make a little bit of money. Yes. So I, really, so I don't think that foreclosure is like all of a sudden going to happen. Which reminds me of the time when, let's see, I want to say it was 2005, 2006. That was what was happening is that people were getting, you know, if they had trouble, like something, they lost their job, whatever, and they were in <coughs> foreclosure, but they could turn around and sell that house because they had been able to get appreciation pretty quickly. And so it wasn't a big deal. It was like, okay, I'll just sell my house and move to an apartment or move someplace else or move in with my parents. It's when, it's when the market yes, yes. changes. And, and what, will, what will potentially Stops happen. Doing this. What will potentially happen. So I, again, there are 213,600 housing units in Spokane. Mm-hmm. 63% of them are owner-occupied and 37% are tenant-occupied. Okay. A 20% number of the owner-occupied uh, houses is almost 27,000 households or okay. homes. That's a lot. So like I said, I'm not saying that we're going to see 20% of people throwing their houses on the market all at once, but I just want to give a moment of perspective because right now we're at 0.83 or 84, whatever I said, under 0.9%, under a month. Right, of inventory. Of inventory. Mm-hmm. For us to go from one month of housing supply to 12 months of housing supply, all we need is 3.8% of the houses in Spokane to go on the market. Okay. So if 20% of people are housing insecure, right. we need fewer than 4% of people to be in a situation where they're like, oh crap, I need to sell my house to get out of this. And guess what happens when the market gets flooded with houses on the market? Property values don't keep going up. They, do not. they don't even stay flat. Mm-hmm. They start to go down a little bit. And because so, it becomes a buyer's market. Because so they just shift the to a buyer's way. market. Right. When you're in a seller's market, you, sellers get a premium for their home. When you flip that and you get a buyer's market, now the buyer is getting a deal. They're going, I'm sorry. Now I there's got 15. 10, that's right. I could buy 10 of these properties. You should be so lucky that I buy your property. That's the difference. That's the difference. So I, I again, what I'm trying to do is give perspective yeah. that the... The likelihood of a market shift happening, even if the shift is just from a seller's market to a balanced market to a buyer's market, mm-hmm. is extremely high. Yeah. Nobody is doing anything in the bank world right now because nobody can get evicted. Why yeah. in the world would I spend thousands of dollars on a foreclosure if I can't even get the person out of the house? Everybody's sitting back and waiting. Right. So there's a whole unknown world out there mm-hmm. of what's going on. So now this comes to where I want to bring it around to what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And it means different things depending on who you are. If you're right. a seller right now, what this means is you, sh- you, if you're thinking of selling, you should not wait until spring. <laughs> no. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Yeah. Because in spring, it could be a buyer's market and you won't get as much. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't need to, if, I mean, again, yeah. you know your world. Yeah. This isn't trying to talk you into selling your house. No, but if it's but if like you're you, thinking, something. Oh, I'm either going to sell this fall or I'm going to sell this spring, sell it freaking this fall. Like, sell it. Yeah. Uh, buyers, don't buy just because you're desperate. 
right now. Yeah. Make sure the property works for you. It doesn't mean that you're not going to buy a property between now and whatever the possible future is. It just means that you shouldn't settle right? because you don't know what's coming Especially down the road. Especially if you don't have to buy right now. If you don't have to buy right now, just take a, take a breath. Take a minute. And especially if you need to think you're going to buy and then just resell it really fast... It, that's a really bad, that's a idea, bad idea right now. <laughs> it is because idea. if you look at, we have lost in already this year in the gross domestic product of our country, it took two and a half years from the middle of 2017 to the end of 2019 to get to where, like how much we've already lost. So if we have that type of a growth projection, it's still going to take us two and a half years for that economy to get back on its feet. Right, right. So time is where it's going to be at. And as far yeah. as investors... Keep your eyes out for the unicorns that are out there. But again, it's back to the same thing. Don't settle. Take a deep breath. Don't buy emotionally. Mm-hmm. And wait, honestly. Yeah. Like, yes, of course there's good deals that are that are going to pop up. Yeah. And that's why I'm calling them the unicorns. Because right now I think that there's such a frenzy, it's not likely to find very many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably going to be a fixer just in general. <laughs> and, and then I think the last group of individuals that I want to speak to as we kind of wrap up here mm-hmm. is if you're in the 20%. Like if you're in that 20% that's not sure you're going to be able to make your rent or your mortgage payment, mm. don't put your head in the sand. Yeah. Look for some answers and try, find some help and come up with a plan. And it doesn't mean that somebody's going to necessarily or some institution can give you the money to do it. But if you plan for it, yeah. maybe selling now is better than waiting until you're forced to sell because the bank has papers on your door and right. now you get less money. Well, and you think about it, if, if you're being forced to, if you're having issues right now and you've got another 20% of people in the area that are also having issues, you're probably all going to kind of get to that place at the same time, yeah. which means that's the, that's the, that's problem, the market, right? right? So again, we may not be able to give you all the answers, but we would be happy to point you in the right direction. Sure. And if you're the 20%, uh, walk in, you just start moving forward and don't yeah. put your head in the sand. Make sure you're talking to your bank, like talking you're to your having lenders, those discussions, talking to financial advisors, talking to people that can be mentors in your life. So, yeah, absolutely. So, with that, I think we got to end. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you need anything from us, you can reach out to us, uh, find us on the social media at Evo Real, E V O R E A L, or you can call us at 509 62 House. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Bye. I'll talk to you next week.